Hi, I'm Paul Swinkler and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're adopting fluffy little clouds as we talk about Microsoft's cloud adoption framework. So, settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tech Interviews. Uh, on this show, it's the third in this uh, brief series that we're doing where we're looking at what we do next. You know, what, what does the future hold? You know, not so much about returning to work but um, or returning to the office, but about what have we learned and, and what are we going to do next? In the first show we did uh, with this, I spoke to Grant Cayley of NetApp around Journey to the Cloud. Now, one of the challenges that comes with Journey to Cloud is, you know, and Grant talks about it a lot, is that it's not necessarily that straightforward. There's a lot of things that you need to think about. And so wouldn't it be handy if there was kind of a framework in place, something that you could follow that could help you to design your cloud journey, understand some of the pitfalls and things to avoid and make sure that you, you know, enable that move to the cloud and make it a successful one. So imagine my surprise uh, when I found an old friend of mine and uh, a returning guest to the podcast had done a video talking about that very same thing. So uh, so that's going to be today's topic. We're going to go and have a look at um, cloud adoption frameworks. So to help me uh, through and navigate my way through such a framework is, um, well, it's a good friend, Sarah Lean. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah, real good. Uh, well, fantastic to have you back on the show. Um, you know, and so, um, so for people who don't know you and maybe have not seen one uh, one of your many uh, pieces of content that you're pushing out on the internet these days, uh, why don't you tell people who you are and uh, what it is you do? Yeah, so I'm a cloud advocate at Microsoft, and um, pre-COVID, that meant I travelled the world and attended events and presented and just interacted with our customers. Um, obviously, now with COVID, it's slightly different, but I'm trying to do that same experience at home. So really, it's just about creating content to help educate our customers and help solve the issues that they have. So yeah, that's that's kind of what a cloud advocate does, I, I hope. <laughs> Well, it's certainly what you do, whether that's what you should be doing. I suppose that's somebody else's decision, not mine. Um, and I love the description of your job pre-COVID and post-COVID, um, which was um, so, so, something we were talking about before we started recording about uh, the last last time Sarah actually spoke, although we've, you know, we've kind of DM'd and a few emails bounced around. But um, we were talking about Sarah's new role where she was going to travel, travel the world and, and educate people about using Microsoft's cloud. Um, and suddenly that's not quite worked out in a way that uh, that we was all expecting. So, um, but anyway, here, here we are. Um, so, well, why, why don't we jump into our topic, Sarah? And, and, and first, why don't we talk about, uh, yeah, so, so I saw this video you presented where you talked about this kind of cloud adoption framework. So, mm-hmm. so why don't you give us a little bit of an intro to that? So kind of uh, what it is, what why it exists, you know, what, what what's the thinking from a, from a Microsoft point of view of, of having such a thing? Yep, so the the cloud adoption framework is um, basically a bunch of documentation that Microsoft employees, Microsoft customers and our implementation partners um, got together with and kind of created. And it's around helping those customers um, deliver success on their migration journey. Um, So lots of customers are thinking about trying to move either their whole workloads into the cloud or even just one or two. And the cloud adoption framework aims to try and help them and guide them on that process. and answer some of the questions you know it's the common questions that as consultants we get all the time um and try and you know help people and 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 guide them on that journey that's really what it is and although i said it was created by microsoft employees partners and customers it's open source as it lives on microsoft docs which hopefully your audience knows lives actually on github so if you're using it and and you disagree with something or want to add to it we can and we really encourage the community to add to it so that others can benefit from their knowledge as well. 
Oh, that's what I like. Encouraging a fight on uh, on GitHub. That's good. Um, so that's a, that's always a good place to start. <laughs> so, um, so well, you know, so let's uh, maybe step back a little bit then to, mm-hmm. to kind of the, the thinking behind the creation of, of yeah. you know, putting this kind of set of documents together. Because one of the things that Grant talked about uh, in kind of the, the, the first episode of this little series was the idea that actually moving to cloud is hard. And mm-hmm. for lots of people, when they're doing it, it's the very first time they're going to do this kind of thing. You know, it's for, for lots of people, they're not coming with experience from moving to cloud, not, not in the same way they might do of doing an upgrade in a data center. So, yeah, so, so what? Are, so I mean, is that is that your experience as well? You know, are, are people still find this stuff difficult, and and are people still tripping over lots of the same things? And and what kind of areas do you see people find difficult when they they kind of plan a cloud migration? Um, I do think some people struggle with cloud adoption, um, and it's it's not from you know, a lack of trying. It's just, it's a new technology. A lot of this is new and there's a lot of information out there, right? Um, There's lots of new terminology to learn and, you know, different things to think about. So the cloud adoption framework really aims to try and help dispel that myth that it is hard or educate people on how they can uh, make it easier for themselves. Um, So yeah, it's, we do see a lot of customers get stuck on, you know, how how do we start? Where do we start? And and again, that's where the cloud adoption framework really helps to break down some of that. You know, we, we talk through the process of, you know, looking at your current environment, discovering what's there, understanding what's there, because, you know, you've probably worked in some of these environments, Paul, where everybody thinks they know their environment, but the documentation's non-existent and there's always hidden servers or hidden workloads that they didn't realize was there so we talk customers through really starting off with understanding what's in your environment before even starting your cloud migration strategy and looking at that and then the cloud adoption framework works you through all of those kind of steps that you need to take when you decide to go on that cloud adoption journey um so things like scaling your staff, where to get resources, how to scale your staff, um, how often you should be thinking about scaling your staff, um, to things like how do you actually build your first workload in the cloud. Um, so yeah, there, there's tons of information there um, on the cloud adoption framework just to answer all of those questions for from people who are either starting a cloud adoption journey or are maybe you know six, eight months, a year into into that migration journey. Yeah, that's, I, I think mate, one. You know, I'm a, a huge advocate of this point. Is that that part that you, you actually started off with the idea of assessing? You know, it, it, understanding what the environment looks like that I have now. Because I think for in a lot of people, people will have an idea of oh, I want to go to cloud, and I might want to rush headlong into to cloud because that's what all my friends are doing. But actually, I've got no idea what they're taking to the cloud in the first place, and you know, and that makes any IT project, any kind of project, I guess, but any IT project, really, really difficult. And you know, we see that in all kinds of instances, not just cloud migration, but actually that idea that I want to get from A to B, but I don't really know what A is. Um, so I've got a rough idea what B is, but I've got no idea where, what, or uh, you know, even if A exists, uh, let alone let alone how I get from it. So you know, so 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 that sounds a really good starting point. And mm-hmm. so so you know, one of the things we we talked about and we kind of touched on with this is that this kind of cloud adoption framework is something that Microsoft had a place for a couple of years. You know, we've started building over the last couple of years, putting together all of these resources. But not a lot of people seem to know about it. So, so why don't we start to, to correct that? Uh, you know, while we're correcting, <laughs> why don't we start to correct that? So, so what what 
so so where where do we find it and you know we talked about github before but where do we find yeah. it you know, and how do we begin to use it you know so so what what kind of some of the steps that we we should be taking how do we start to dive into what is actually quite a, a large pool of resources yep so the easiest way to access it is going to a browser and putting in aka.ms slash CAF, um, so that's C-A-F. We love our acronyms at Microsoft, so we've shortened it down to um, CAF. But yeah, the, the link is aka.ms slash CAF, and there it will give you a whole host of resources to get started and diving in. Um, and like you said, it is a massive resource, um, which can put a lot of people off. But what I, what I love about it is that it's, it's actually broken into sections when you start looking at it. So if you're just starting on your cloud adoption framework, there's a, a big getting started section that you can jump into. Or if you're already on your cloud adoption framework uh, journey, sorry, and you're maybe looking at introducing, say, governance into your environment, there's a section on govern. So you can just dive into that and then um, listen, you know, read the information around that and implement our best practices there. So you don't have to read it all. Um, I don't think I've read it all, um, but I jump into it when I need it, depending on what a customer question is or what I'm researching and customers can do that as well. Yeah, that's actually that's a good point and, and not something I'd really thought about. But, you know, it, it's it's a really good resource for answering those kind of questions. You know, and it's an interesting example you've just given there that, what, you know, somebody may be doing something perhaps, uh, you know, you, you, you talked about it earlier on, that, that people might start to look at this framework maybe seven, eight, nine months into some kind of cloud migration. You know, so so it, 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 I suppose that's, that, that, that's a real value, isn't it? It's not just something that you have to follow rigidly from start to finish. It's something that you can kind of jump into as you need it, you know, and is, is, is that how you see people using it, you know, not just yourself, but is that how you see people using it? Or is are the vast majority of people who, who know this exists and start to adopt it, you know, are they are they starting at the beginning or are they better off starting at the beginning even? Um, I think it depends. I've seen a lot of customers take it and use it to plan their short-term kind of you know plans or and then look at what they're doing in the next five years type thing because like I said it 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 has different sections in it so it's great for those just starting or those um further down so you can you can follow it prescriptively and work through all the sections or you can take a section and then say right I'm gonna you know do the opt like govern or optimize sections in six months or maybe even five years down the line right so you don't have to follow it word for word and step by step and you can do it in your own order um so yeah it's 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 a great place to start with if you're not sure where to start um and i i definitely don't say you know you have to do it that way it's got a great amount of best practices in it but you could disagree with that and use your own and make up your own and still be successful with the cloud but it's a great starting point um for people to just make you think about some of the questions that you maybe didn't think about or things that you need to think about. Yeah, that's, I think actually any resource, and, and actually part of the idea of doing this little kind of series of shows is that the, you know, the idea of here's some things you might want to think about, you know, things that you you might you might have learnt or, or hear from other people who've learnt, particularly during this kind of COVID to three, nearly three months now where where the world has, has kind of changed almost beyond recognition in, in a lot of cases. Um, and you talked about, so talking about the beginning, you know, we, we talked about some of the idea of assessment. So, so it looks like some good assessment tools in there, you know, are there, are there any assessment tools that you would particularly 
particularly recommend? Maybe somebody somebody who's not who's just right at the beginning of the idea that I want to start to adopt cloud in my business. Um, so, what are some of the best services I should be looking at, and and what do I have now? So, so what 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 are kind of good assessment tools to get somebody started with? Yep. So we have um, assessment tools built into it, um, and they're 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 basically for helping you guide along that strategy or business journey. So. Um, making you think about questions um i think the one i went through this morning actually was um, the governance benchmark and it asks you questions um like what's your priority as a business do you need to do you store pp pii data um, and confidential data and you need to think about that as part of your cloud journey um or is actually being really innovative and giving your customers great service the place that you want to focus on and then at the end of that kind of survey, it spews out um, information for you to go on depending on how you answered that. So there's great things to think about because every organization is differently, different from you know the size of them or the, the vertical they're in. But these these assessments kind of help you get started if you didn't know where to go. And, and again, make you think about these things um, because I know some of my customers um, previously have just thought about, right, we need to move to the cloud and they've not understood the the kind of business driver behind that, like that they need to be aware of the, you know, the SQL servers that maybe store customer data and how they secure that in the cloud and are they going to be able to um, pass their audits when their auditor comes in by storing that data in the cloud. So these assessments really make you think and and hone you into those kind of priorities from a business point of view and not just that technological point of view as well. Yeah, and, and actually, yeah, and that, that raises a good point, I think, that if I'm, you know, so if I'm somebody listening to this and thinking, well, okay, this this sounds interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd maybe like to maybe do an assessment and start to think a little bit about cloud but what things might trip me up so you know so from, some from your experience what, what are some of the things that actually people doing some of those assessments and, and asking you know being pointed at questions what, what are some of the things that you've seen that people have kind of had almost that light bulb moments gone or oh, hadn't really thought about that you know what, what what kind of things would people have got caught out with that this has maybe helped them to uh, to avoid um I, th- I think it's things around like audit um, and and that confidential data and thinking about some of the regulations that they have to abide by. Um, so often as IT people, we we think about the IT systems and we don't think about anything beyond that, right? You know, we, we're concerned about keeping the lights on, but ultimately there's some things that we all have to conform to within a business, whether that be GDPR or some ISO certifications, or if we're in America, we might have HIPAA that we have to understand and regulate. And I think some people get tripped up on that. They're, they're too busy going, oh, let's go and use the shiny tech. And they forget that they really need to think about how they implement the right policies, the right governance, the right security, to maintain that audit or you know pass when the audit comes in does that make sense yeah it does and and i think the you know it's it's i think often with kind of projects like this it, it's it's going to sound silly isn't it it's the things you don't think about that catch you up uh, or trip you up you know and and well i guess of course they would um but i think it's sometimes it's it's that ability to kind of learn from people who've, who've done that stuff before you know and people who have you know see seeing people trip up on those things before and, you know and, that, and i suppose that's where the value of these kind of frameworks come in because that's what it's it what it really is it's not a, a collection of good practice is really just a collection of experience you know it's those things that that people have seen before and it, it's the things that 
you wouldn't necessarily consider would trip you up. You know, I, mean, I was talking to somebody recently about uh, one of the things they see, and it, it was a great phrase that, that the idea that, um, you know, in our data centers, data is one of the biggest challenges that we have in a data center today. Why do we think that when we move to the public cloud, all of those problems just magically go away? No, it's just now the biggest problem that you've got inside of your cloud infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And, and doing a proper assessment and understanding that kind of thing and, and understanding the impact these things have on cost, I think is 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 hugely valuable. Um, yep. And I mean, is that, is that the kind of feedback you hear around this that as people, you know, because somebody might be listening to this and say, well, that all sounds great, but why am I going to bother? I'll just, you know, kind of crack on. I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, but it's the kind of feedback that you get that actually people are finding that adopting this kind of framework, and it doesn't necessarily have to be this one, does it? But adopting yep. this kind of framework and this kind of experience is is definitely making that move to cloud a, a better and more successful journey for them. I think so. I, I think Often as a consultant or as a customer, you're never sure what questions to ask because you don't know what the other party doesn't know or what they do know. Um, And as a customer, you don't know the questions to ask again because you don't know what you don't know. But if you use things like the cloud adoption framework, it gives you some of those, you know, can fill some of those gaps that maybe your consultant hasn't covered or um, you haven't thought about when you've been looking at other documentation or, um, going to events and hearing people's stories about adoption. Um, so yeah, I think these kind of resources do take up a lot of time to consume, but they are worth the investment. And um, like I said, it, it helps fill in those gaps that people don't know that they didn't know they had. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think that's a great phrase. You know, you don't want to know what you don't know. And and I think actually in IT, perhaps more than more than most industries, that's an important thing to remember mm-hmm. because I think for a lot of us, we we like to assume or we like to look like we know the answer to every question, you know, and it's something that I was, yep. I was taught quite early on in that don't be afraid to say I don't know. And particularly when you're doing something like this where the long-term ramifications of getting it wrong can be expensive or can affect your ability to, you know, ability to have the technology in your organization serve your organization's needs. Because if you get it wrong, it can often be a a difficult thing to to solve later on. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, one of the questions I often ask people when they come on the show is, you know, that, that if I'm listening to this, what would make me, you know, what 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 would I have in my organisation that would make this a good idea? But but I get the feeling the more we talk about it and the more kind of I investigate what, what the cloud adoption framework has to it, I would think the answer to that question is if you're thinking of moving any kind of workload or service into the public cloud, and just to be clear, when we talk about, I think, this cloud adoption framework, this is about moving services in Microsoft's case into Azure. This is not so much about Office 365. There's kind of separate tools for that. But mm-hmm. but sorry, going back to what I was saying, is the, the idea, if I'm going to move any kind of service into Azure, I should have a look at what's in this cloud adoption framework. You know, is it, would would I be accurate in saying that? I think so. And there's there's hidden little nuggets inside the cloud adoption framework that we should all be reading. Like I think we have a page on naming, um, how to name, how to think about that naming convention because, um, you know, there's there's some of our services that are slightly weird with the names. I think it's still our storage accounts where you all you have to use all lowercase, um, whereas a lot of the other resources allow you to have capital letters. And those are some of the things that really trip people up when they start. You know, they design a naming convention and then halfway through it, they get they hit a resource in Azure that doesn't accept capital letters or doesn't like numbers or, or however the, the nuance works. So even just that little nugget of documentation, that small little page is something that can really help people. So yes, it can be overwhelming the amount of knowledge and, and information there, but you know, 
use your favorite search engine use uh, microsoft docs search engine and try and find the bit that you really want because you'll often find that it's in our cloud adoption framework um I think they, um, the the idea of finding out that a storage account needs to be all lowercase, uh, I, I think that often leads to people naming their storage accounts very rude things um, because they've called it something else, realise none of this stuff's going to work, and suddenly it has a name that it probably didn't have. Yeah. Um, that's just a personal view. Um, I, I'm, I'm obviously not advocating that people do that. Um, I mean, one of the other things that I, I, I notice is kind of the, that's part of the adoption framework information is that it talks about support you know it talks about some of the support that microsoft can give so you know so, so maybe again if, if you're looking at the cloud adoption framework or you're looking at kind of the journey you're about to make and maybe the services you're about to make and you're concerned that maybe this is not something for me um, mm-hmm. and i don't think i can do it alone you know what well, what are some of the other resources that microsoft have available to them and um, obviously you know there's a big part of community out there with lots of experience yeah. who can certainly help with this but there's loads of things that microsoft do in this space as well in terms of giving more kind of hands-on help where, where they can so so what are some good pointers for that Yep, so we, we have our um, Azure migration program, which is called AMP. You'll see it's um, where you can actually get um, some consultancy services from us to come and help do some bits of the migration for you or even just do consultancy. Um, I don't think, I think you have to fill in a form and be eligible for that. And I'm not sure what the benchmarks are in order to um, be adopted into that that program. But we certainly have that available. Um, we also have Fast Track for Azure. Um, again, I'm not entirely sure what the benchmark is and enables you to get that. But it's a bit like if you've ever used FastSack for your Office 365 adoption, our engineers can come in and help you um, either from the very beginning or at certain points within that that kind of migration and get direct assistance from us to help you overcome the whatever hurdle you're doing. Or again, like you said, if you're not comfortable just doing it yourself and you want someone shadowing you, those kind of programs can help you. Yeah, and I, I mean, certainly my experience, because uh, you know, I've, I've worked with Fast Tracking, uh, particularly around Office 365 before, and I think you know, it's, it's a hugely valuable service. Not everybody realizes it's a service they, they can have access to. The entry level doesn't tend to be particularly high to, to get Microsoft assistance. Uh, but I think one of the things that I do find with it, and that's hugely valuable to get the best from that kind of thing, is to understand what you're letting yourself in for. And I, I don't mean so much in what the Fast Track service does, but actually understand what it is that you're trying to achieve, You know, have a clear idea of what you've got, and what you're trying to get to you know and i think again tools like this kind of adoption framework and and, and the, the the resources are available i think play a key part in that you know is i mean is that is that similar from from what you've seen with people going into fast track you know the, the better informed you are going in the better that experience is going to be yeah i think with any project and that you're doing whether it be you know migrating to azure or migrating to office 365 you need to be doing it for the right reasons i've seen some customers try to do it because they went to a conference and someone said that azure was the buzzword and they needed to do it and it wasn't at the end actually the right move for them because of certain constraints so you you really do need to to understand that business strategy from why you're doing it um because there's no point bringing in consultants from either Microsoft or a third party and asking them to implement this when you have no end goal and you don't know what success means. You really do need to define what success means for every project that you're embarking on. 
Yeah, because I, I do think you know, and, and cloud particularly, but I, but I think technology in general now, you know, that 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 people are needing to change the focus. You know, I think you know historically, you know, we're both people who who are techies at heart. You know, I think historically we would get excited by a technology, you know, a piece of hardware, a new server, a new version of Windows, something else, and we would deploy that because it's it's the you know it's it's the thing we want to deploy. And then you're almost passing that over to your enterprise and saying, "There you go, look, go and go and enjoy that." Mm-hmm. And actually, that a lot of that kind of stuff needs to change. You know, in that, I, I talk to a lot of people now about when they're it's to build very specific strategies around data. For example, you know, don't just have an IT strategy, have a data strategy. And a big part that feeds into that is what you've just been talking about is understand what the overall business goal is. You know, what is the you know what is the information? What is the the thing I'm trying to achieve? And does public cloud be the answer rather than all my friends are moving to public cloud, so I should I should do the same thing? Um, you know, and it's interesting that I guess you are still seeing people maybe making those moves, not really understanding the the reason for going there, and then finding themselves in a position where it's it's proven to be the wrong wrong move for them. Yeah, and equally we've also still seen people saying, "I'm keeping everything on prem because cloud isn't secure." And when you actually understand what that objection is their reasons aren't valid anymore. They might have been maybe two or three years ago, um, but they aren't now. And it, I think it's key to always evaluate what your thinking is. And again, you know, the cloud adoption framework can help you maybe dispel some of those myths and clear up what you may have, what may have been relevant a few years ago and absolutely isn't relevant nowadays as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's a really good resource, you know, and, I, and I'm glad I kind of watched the, uh, the the video that led us to talk about this, where where you talked about that, you know, and I've I've had a chance to start to familiar my familiar uh, trying trying to learn how to talk. Uh, you think I know how to do this by now? Familiarize myself with um, you know, w- with the resources and and capabilities in there, you know, and you can already see even just as you kind of scratch scratch the surface of it, what a useful set of resources this is, and and certainly I, I would be urging anybody who's looking at moving to the cloud or even has started that process is to go and kind of review some of this stuff so well look so just before we wrap up you know just i know you mentioned it at the beginning but just as a little bit of a reminder you know where where do people go and find the cloud adoption framework and um it, is there some other resources that that either that either you've produced or that you know are available that that can help people educate them a little bit around what moving to cloud is and and how to best enable themselves to do that um, yep. So to get the cloud adoption framework, go to aka.ms forward slash CAF. Um, I have covered lots of blogs on um, cl- data center migration and around the CAF as well on either my own personal blog, which is techielast.com, or the blog I use with my team, which is itopstalk.com. Um, so yeah, those three resources, definitely go and bookmark them and visit them regularly, please. <laughs> Well, it's all about the numbers, uh, as, as we know. Um, so, um, well, and, and talking about the numbers, uh, for, for people who, um, and I can't believe there isn't anybody who hasn't listened to this and thought that Sarah, she knows what she's doing. Um, <laughs> if people want to kind of find out more about you or follow up with you or have questions, what, what's the best way they can do that? Um, you'll find me all across social media as Techie Lass. Um, and yeah, my DMs on Twitter are open, equally the same on LinkedIn. Um, I also do a kind of coffee hour type chat where people can book time with me and you can go and do that if you want to speak more about this or anything else at um, aka.ms slash Techie Lass office hours and you can book time in my diary and we can have a chat directly if you want. And and how do you supply the coffee with that? How does that work? 
um yeah you need to supply that yourself at the moment unfortunately okay. it's, it's, a, it's a bring your own coffee piece of technology that's fine yeah. so as long as we know um, so Sarah, a lot thanks I, yeah i i hope that's helpful for people because i think it's a really good set of resources i don't think people tend to know that it exists um and, and i think it's hugely helpful so Sarah, thanks for thanks for taking some time to come on and talk about cloud adoption framework and and, and the value it might bring for people and uh hope to have you on the show again sometime soon so thanks very much sarah and uh, speak to you soon thanks paul I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show or would like to appear as a guest, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. If you want to make sure you catch the next episode of Tech Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can find us in all good homes of podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. So until next time, thanks for listening. 